This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. And if you're new here, thank you for joining in. Um, For the first timers, I appreciate it. And if you are old schoolers and you've been here for months, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. I really do appreciate your support in every way that you do. And um, guys, at the first of the podcast, I always say, I try to always say this, if you're in any type of danger and you're a victim of domestic violence, please do not listen to the podcast. Hang up. Dial 911. Seek help immediately, please. Um, Very first thing that I also do is do a big shout out for the National Domestic Violence Hotline not sponsored by the way um but it is a fabulous hotline for anyone that's in trouble that needs to talk to an advocate um also for survivors out here it is a really good educational website so you can look the website up as well but the number is 1-800-799-7233 again that number is 1-800-799-7233 um, also, like I said, it is a very educational and wonderful website to go on to uh, seek any type of safety plans that you might need to be doing if you are involved in a domestic violence situation. Always remember you need to get a safety plan. And there's just tons and tons of material that I could sit and talk about all night long. But tonight's topic is... Um, I really don't know what to say about it. it I don't want to call it, um, I want to just say it's a se- the secret behind the physical violence in, a, in a, such a way as to what I'm talking about is hid, hidden, hidden violence, hidden physical violence. Um, whenever I was being abused, I was working full time. First of all, I had started working as, as a uh, um, cook at a restaurant. And so I had a baby at the time. I was a very young girl. And um, that was my very first job. Well, when I was 16, I had a job working at a restaurant. But this was my second job. But kind of very my kind of my first job because it was a full-time position. And so I started working there. And he had given me a black eye. And my mother had questioned me about this. And I said, no, I fell at work. That's why my eye's black. And, of course, about a week later, she called my boss man. And he confirmed that I never got hurt at work. So, I mean, she knew. You know, a mother's instinct is just there. My mother knew that I had not fell at work. Um, She knew that I was lying. So... His mother, some way, found out that I had been talking to my mom, but I had never told my mother that I had been abused. Um, But she told my abuser, her son, that I had ran off and was telling my family that he was hitting me and he was abusing me. 
So, of course, I got abused for just her telling him that. Um, But um, my point is, is that after he found out that, you know, this was being brought up, people were seeing the bruises, he didn't want this to be a big deal, right? So he started hiding the bruises. He started hitting me in areas or, or pinching me or pulling my hair out. And he would pinch me on my breasts. He would hit me in my chest. And he would hit me in the back of the head, on top of the head. Anywhere the bruises would not be visible. No one could see them. And, of course, I was being tortured mentally and verbally by him. Uh, The emotional damage that he was causing upon me at that time was nearly, and I would say, unbearable because I was just going through the motions. And sometimes I've noticed that even in the beginning of my podcast, I have never just really been... um, I'm not going to say truthful about my abuse, but I've never been, like, you know, to the point, like, just, you know, in detail, in detail, very um, matter-of-fact detail, because um, I, I kind of have moments to where I block things out, and that has to do with a lot of the PTSD that I suffered from the trauma that he put me through but this lasted I would say him um, putting bruises on me that was not visible this happened probably for like I want to say about eight months or so probably not even that long Um, after he figured out that my family knew he was abusing me and that other people knew it he started being very careless again and not really caring whether or not I sported bruises or knots or, you know, different things like that because he, he was no longer concerned about that. Um, I had actually left and then went back. So that was another thing that targeted him to be like, well, you know, she come back to me, so therefore it doesn't really matter. I'm going to cause the damage regardless. So, because... She's going to come back. Um, Sorry, guys. Um, But anyway, yeah, I mean, and and two, when I talk about this and when I think about this, people often talk about, you know, the abuse is happening right up underneath their doorsteps. You know, down the street, the neighbor, they never knew whenever they get the call or whenever the, the um, news crew reports, oh, well, there's a woman that has been killed down the street. Well, then, you know, everyone's questioned in the neighborhood, and most of the time, people are like, well, we did not even know she was being abused. And let me just say, a lot of the reasons why this is happening and why it does happen is because he's hiding the bruises and... Also, not just not just that, neighbors and people around are not as vigilant and concerned about other people's well-being because people are afraid 
to socialize with their neighbors. And I have seen this. I mean, it might not be happening in every neighborhood, but I'm just saying it happens all, all, all too often. And it's really, really sad. So, you know, some of that hiding bruises and things like that really has nothing to do with the fact that um, people are just not vigilant and not, you know, caring about their neighbor or what's going on next door or, you know, down the street at Betty's house or whatever, you know, I'm just throwing out, you know, just a, a name. Uh, an example, if you will, but I think that, you know, hiding the bruises and things like that from the public, you know, a lot of women, you would not even know. You meet somebody and they're just cheerful. I was the type of person, I was just a go-getter, and of course, y'all all, if you know me by now, if you've listened to this podcast, you can already tell that I'm a talker. I love to talk. I talk to people all the time. It's something that I enjoy doing, and I love to socialize. Um, but back then, I was really a social butterfly. And so when I got around people, you know, I was very funny and energetic and outgoing. But the abuse took its toll, and eventually people started seeing the change in my behavior. You know, well, she's not acting like the Misty we know, and she's acting very withdrawn, and she's acting very, um, like, she doesn't really want to laugh, she really doesn't want to talk. See, if people were more vigilant in the neighborhood around people, they would see signs. You would be able to see more signs, even if it's not noticeable. That's my point. This is my whole point. I know around in about way, it took me a minute to get to this point. But my point is, is, is you might not be able to see these bruises on the outside. But if you get to know the person, you know, say, hey, Sally, you know, maybe he's not at home and Sally's with her her little boy or her little girl and you know you go to say hi and you get to know that person and once you get kind of like and feel your way out through conversation maybe you can get to know kind of around and about things that are happening you know and, and then too you know not every situation is the same okay and if she is in a dangerous situation you may can give her pointers on the down low to try to um, get her to, to get out of that situation. But you have to be very careful in your approach because some situations are very dangerous and volatile and you really don't want to get caught up if it's in that, um, if it's went that far and especially if he happens to show up or you're around that. Um, it's not so easy to say things. You have to really watch yourself in that manner because my abuser was the type of person, he was like Jekyll and Hyde. One minute he was just this friendly, friendly, oh, you know, he loved everybody, which no one ever saw the Hyde, you know, the, or the Jekyll or whatever, I don't know, the bad side, okay? I don't even remember Jekyll and Hyde. I think Dr. Hyde was the good one, maybe Jekyll was the bad one, I don't remember, but anywho. No one ever seen that side, the negative side of him, but me. And the, well, there was a few people in my family that seen it. 
um, a few cousins of mine witnessed the abuse. And still to this day, they can tell you about the the um, situations they saw me in with him. So, um, but they were being vigilant to the situation. Not that back then that it changed anything. Things were a lot different than they were back then. There's more help um, helplines. There's more websites. There's more advocates. There's more people working in the communities to try to help the manner, you know, the matter. And there is things that have changed as opposed to back then. But I would say in this state, we are not moving as fast as some others. And then the whole entire United States. I mean, in the entire world. There's so many laws and so many things that need to be pushed that are not being pushed, that are not being looked at. Because there's so many people that are so victim, um, they victim shame so hard. Because no one in their family or nobody they know are being abused. So it's just swept under the rug. People are not looking at it as a serious situation. But there's just so many deaths um, that happen daily. There's so many women being murdered daily from domestic violence that, you know, it is just um, unreal. And it needs to be talked about. The conversations need to be had. And when you're silent and you're not speaking on things, then you're letting it go. And a lot of the times people do that because they don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved with Sally and Bill. I don't want to get involved between the, the relationship. Well, if Bill is is volatile and is being um, very um, manipulative and mean and abusive toward his wife and child, sometimes you have to talk to Sally or whatever to get uh, her help. You know what I mean? So, you know, the old saying goes, love thy neighbor, treat people the way you would want to be treated at the end of the day. And it's always better to be kind than it is to be not kind. So just remember that next time you think about, you know, hey, I baked some cookies and I'm going to take them down the road to Sally or, you know, whomever, Betty, you know. But um, I live in a rural community and, you know, it's harder when you're living in rural communities to be close to the neighbors around you because you're kind of spaced out. But if you live in a, you know, a suburb to where you've got people that are close by, Maybe you can. Maybe you can reach out to people. Um, But anyway, I'm going to call this quits tonight, guys, because it's very late, and I don't know how great the podcast has turned out. (laughs) But I hope that you got some type of something out of this. And um, I hope you know that you're worth it. You're beautiful. Tell yourself daily that you're beautiful, you're worth it, and you can do anything you want to do as long as you put your mind to it. And um, I love you guys, and I will see, I will talk to you on the next podcast. I'm going to say see, I always do that, but um, I will talk to you on the next podcast, and I hope you had a wonderful tonight, and I hope you have a beautiful tomorrow. I love you guys very much, and I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys.